We're Linda and Deanna. We're neighbors and bitches just like you. We're badasses in bathrobes. We lift each other up every day to get through life. With resting bitch face. And a good dose of fun and craziness. In In bathrobes. We started this podcast because we want to live, not just exist. As our HOA suggests. This is a realest shit, messy, not perfect lifestyle podcast. Perfection is overrated anyway. We are here to say you are not alone. And you can be friends with your neighbors too. Or not. We We don't don't care. care. We're We're here here either way. way. You know what they say, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. And don't throw a party and not invite me. Let the bitch sesh begin. This is Bathroom Bitches episode two, Tightening the Belts. In this episode, we're going to rant about the sad state of homelessness in our county and what we can do about it. Explaining pussy to an 11-year-old, thank you homeless man with a sign, misadventures in Nashville, the COVID urine test, and food sensitivities 101. So... I'm very ranty today, Deanna. Oh no, what now? And I've been saving it for you to come over so I could tell you all about it. Oh no, what happened now? I had a rough day. It was a very emotional day. So, I talked to you in a while and last week Lucas and I were in Nashville, which was a great time. I'll tell you all about that later. But the one thing that was really bothering me when we were in Nashville was that there were a lot of homeless people in Nashville. Okay. An insane amount of homeless people. And it's been a while since I've been to a big city, so I'm sure this is a problem all over the place. But everywhere we were walking around, there were just homeless people everywhere, and it was really hurting my soul. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Are you part of our Pauline County Facebook group? I think maybe you are, and that's how I got in the Facebook group. Maybe. I mean, I have so many different Facebook groups for Pauline County right now that's kind of ridiculous. Okay. So, I'm only in one. I think I have three. <laughs> okay. And in the group, there was a guy, he posted that he was part of this association that helps homeless people, you know, in the greater Atlanta, you know, or the greater Georgia area. And he said that he was looking for somewhere to donate all of these things that he had. So Bombas had donated uh, like a million socks and they had all these hygiene product products donated. And he said there are no homeless shelters in Paulding County. So he didn't have anywhere to donate them. So he was asking people where the homeless people were. And here I've never really thought about it because we don't see them. Like when you live in the city. Well, I mean, here too, they live in the trees. So it's kind of hard to see them if they're hiding out in the forest somewhere, you know. Um, I know like down in Douglasville, they have big tent cities in the middle of the freeway. That's, you know, where all that, there's all that forest in between the two sides of Highway 20. They have tent cities in there all the time that they have to chase out. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Until I became a part of this thread and I was sort of watching what was going on in there. And everybody was saying, well, there's, they live in the woods behind Home Depot. They live in the woods behind Kroger. And I know sometimes I see them in the shopping centers where the cars are going, Mm -hmm. you know, with their signs. And 
I don't generally have cash on me and I don't like to give homeless people cash because I don't know what they're going to do with it. So if I have like food in my car, I will give them food. I've done that a lot. And it just really made me sad to know that in our whole county, there's not one homeless shelter or, or soup kitchen. We have nothing to support the homeless people of Pauling County. And a man had commented on there as well that he had started one last year, or he had started one in last year because of shitty politics. They shut him down and sold the building so he couldn't do it there anymore. Wow. That's just insane. I'm like, I'm... It's shocking, I, I, right? Yeah. It's, this really hurts my soul. So today, I am, I went and I had to wrap up some Christmas shit. I had to go get wrapping paper, literally to wrap Christmas shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not wrapping shit, but okay. <laughs> so I went to Target and I got my wrapping paper and bows and tags and random Christmas gifts. And I was leaving, and I had seen there was a woman with a sign that said she was homeless. And I couldn't read her sign when I was driving by. And there was a man sitting in a chair next to her, and he was really covered up. He looked like he was sleeping. And the first thing I noticed was he had in his belt this hatchet. In like, you mean a machete? No, it was a hatchet. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Like an axe. Oh, wow. Okay. Like a little axe on his belt loop and like a pretty nice looking axe holder. And I found myself judging that. I was like, wow, this homeless guy's got a really nice axe holder. What's that about? Well, he probably needed it to cut down the trees to make a little house in the forest. Yes. So, you know, I found my, I was a little disappointed in myself that the first thing I did was sort of judge this man for mm -hmm. whatever reason. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, how can I help these people? It's like, I don't have any cash, but they were standing in front of the Chili's. I was like, I'm going to get them a Chili's gift card. Okay. So I drove by and I had to get over in another lane and come back around through the whole thing. And I went to the Chili's and I bought them a $50 Chili's gift card. Oh, that's a nice dinner. That's well, that's what I was hoping. Chili's is also a little bit expensive. So, yeah, um, I went in and I got the gift card and I brought it to the lady and I was driving back to the coffee shop to try to get some more coffee beans. Mm -hmm. and when I got there, found out that they're closed for renovation. So apparently coffee beans are not anywhere in my future. But that's besides the point. <clears throat> I left the area where the coffee shop is, and I was going to go to Big Lots to do some more Christmas shopping. And I can't stop thinking about all the homeless people, you know, especially because I'm so blessed. I've been able to manifest everything I've ever wanted in my life. And also, I've been homeless, though it was by choice, and I lived in my car because my family situation was shitty, and I didn't want to be there anymore, and it wasn't for very long. But I did live in my car in the middle of a Massachusetts winter, and it was rough. 
And I've had many times in my life where I didn't know if I was going to have enough to eat or I had to shop at the Save-A-Lot because that's all I could afford was 33-cent boxes of macaroni and cheese. Yep, I hear that. I was doing that too, so... Or I needed help and I tried to go to the government. One time I tried to apply for food stamps. I had two jobs. I was trying to put myself through college and I couldn't afford food. And they were lovely enough to offer me $40 a month in food stamps. That's $10 a week. You're going to be amazed on how much you could live off that, though, if you planned it right. Well, of course. But... I couldn't stop thinking about it when I was driving to go buy my random Christmas shit Mm -hmm. that my family really doesn't need. And I was trying to figure out what I could do. On that post on the Facebook group, I had seen that today they were having the guy that started the shelter that they shut down. Mm -hmm. He was doing... um, a meal for the homeless today oh. at Jones Restaurant. Okay. So they would ha- were cooking hot dogs and hamburgers, and they were collecting coats and blankets. Oh, I did see that post about the the, the food shelter yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see so that. So they were collecting coats and blankets and things like that. And I was didn't know what to do. I was trying to decide, am I going to go buy coats and bring them coats? You know, I don't have any of these things to bring them. So I decided that I was going to try to help feed the homeless. Okay. So where I landed was I went to McDonald's and I bought 30 $10 gift cards to bring to this event. Okay. I will also tell you McDonald's does not enjoy it when you buy 30 $10 gift cards. Okay, but why not? Because you're giving them money. Yeah, that's a $300 sale, but they have to swipe every single Oh, woe is me. You have to swipe a card? You're still getting $300. Sorry. Go on. The lady was pissed. Well, you know what? The lady can suck it. And I went inside. It wasn't like I went to the drive-thru and was like, give me 30 $10 gift cards. Right. And not telling you any of this because, you know, like I'm trying to feel good about myself or whatever, but I was trying to do something Mm -hmm. because I really, in my soul, this has been bothering me since we went to Nashville. I just can't stop thinking about it. And then finding out that there's nothing here in our county to help people who are homeless, especially this year. Yeah. People have lost their jobs and there's such a need right now for people to get help and nobody's doing anything to help them except this one great guy who tried to have a shelter and they shut it down and is organizing this event. So I got my gift cards begrudgingly to the McDonald's manager lady. Mm Mm-hmm. Apologized to the guy who was behind me in line. Didn't he didn't seem too bothered by it? And then I drove over to this place and I gave them to the guy. 
and he seemed very grateful, which was nice. And it was really interesting talking to him because he was telling me about how he had started this place and they shut it down. And he had a $10,000 lien on that building and then they sold it. I don't know really what that means for him financially. That part I didn't understand. And he was telling me that he tries to help all around. He said he goes around to Atlanta and to other areas to where the homeless are. And I just... I don't even know what the point of this story is, but, and I came home in such a bad mood and James asked me if there's something wrong with me. And I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong with me. Like people are starving and nobody's helping them. They're living in the woods. They live in the woods behind Home Depot. They live in the woods behind Kroger. Everybody knows where the homeless people live. But why isn't anybody trying to do anything? And I can't stop thinking about what can I do to help. And then I told James that we had to have spaghetti for Christmas dinner instead of steaks because I spent all of our money buying McDonald's for the homeless people. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't imagine what the reaction for that was. <laughs> well, he said he would buy steaks for Christmas dinner. Well, and Matt will cover New Year's, so we're we're all good there. <laughs> Matt's already said that. Um, wow, yeah, I never thought about it. Like because everybody's in the woods, I really don't think about it, right? Because I don't really see them. And the the two people that I've seen asking for money, like one time, there's a um, it looked like two young people. Um, I'd say one well, one was older, one was younger. It looked like a mother daughter duo right and they're at the qt and they're asking everybody for money they had their car pulled up to a pump and they're like can you give me some cash i already have this pump open i need to add more money to it but the only way to do that is can't put cash on the pump you know in the in the store or whatever um you know just give us the cash and then we'll we'll be able to do it and i'm like okay well i actually went into the store and put cash on their on their pump instead because you know i don't give cash to people and um we went to the Kroger that's in the same parking lot as that QT and we were shopping after we had gone to the QT and they were in there shopping in the wine section with all the cash they got the QT. And the other person that I've run into um, apparently plays violin and he was at the Kroger parking lot and people are like, always like, oh my God, this guy is great. But then there's a whole Facebook thread on that saying how this guy is like doing pre-recorded violin stuff. I saw that. So it's just like, well, I mean, I'm always, I'm because I've seen this and I've been around it and I know that I actually know people that dress up like homeless people and go out and get money out in California. I mean, that's just what they do. That's their job is to go and panhandle for money. And it's just like, you know, I mean, they bring home a lot of money every day. But so for me, it's like I would rather help people. And I know there's a domestic shelter or domestic abuse shelter, and I, help, I, I donate to them a lot. Um, I don't talk about it very much, but um, I didn't realize there wasn't a homeless shelter here. It just, wow, that's just, especially this time of year, it's just weird to think about it. Yeah, it made me really sad and kind of angry at the same time and yeah. helpless it makes me feel helpless because i know i have a lot 
I also know that I worked really hard for what I have, but the thought that there are families just living in the woods behind Home Depot really hurts my soul. And also the fact that I've just been ignorant to it. I just didn't know. Right. I mean, how could I have known? But it wasn't something that I probably wanted to know either. But now I know and I can't unknow it. So something you can do to help, though, is like work with this guy and help him get back to having a shelter in Paulton County. I mean, we live here. We can always help somehow, like politically or, you know, whatever. I mean, our votes count for something. And you're a great marketer. You could probably, you know, grab some, um, what do you call it, public interest people to help us too. Yeah, I'm going to look into it. I'm slightly pissed. Oh, I think I'm more than slightly pissed. You're more than slightly pissed. pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I was on my way to Big Lots, and I just said to myself, my family has enough. Yeah. The kids have enough shit for Christmas. We don't need Christmas steaks. I can buy $300 worth of $10 McDonald's gift cards that's one, two, three meals for somebody. That's somebody to be able to go into a warm building for a good amount of time and get a hot cup of coffee or order something off the dollar menu and feed themselves for the day. Yeah, definitely. I know I would appreciate that if I was out in the cold at this time of year, for sure. I mean, I hate being cold. I can't, I can't even imagine it being outside right now. Oh. I have a hard time being in my downstairs floor <laughs> and it's a heated house so yeah we have the same problem here but you know first world problems we only have one heating unit and heat rises yeah so i turn the heat on to 65 and it's 80 degrees upstairs and you know ice cold on the bottom floor yep that's how it is at our house too Everybody complains they're freezing to death until they go to bed, and then they're sweating to death. Yeah, I have stopped complaining about being cold downstairs. I just get a bigger, fluffier bathroom bathrobe on. And I take it and uh, wrap myself up. I put gloves and a hat and extra fuzzy socks, like the ones I'm wearing right now. See? Oh, those are cute. Little snowflakes, and they have a little poofy ball at the top. See, Ooh, a pom pom. Yep, I love it. Exciting, right? That's what I tell everybody put on more clothes. Yeah, it's easier to put on more clothes than it is to, you know, heat the house. <laughs> yeah, well, I work upstairs and in my office a lot, so it's hot up here. Yeah, especially since you're facing the sun, sorry, part of the world too because the sun warms the building as you go through the day it's just like oh that's how it happens in my office like the sun warms the office up but it doesn't warm it enough to take the chill out of the air because <laughs> it still seeps in from underneath i don't know i don't i think there's a hole in my wall somewhere on that side of the building because it's like yeah because well we found too that um when we took our dishwasher out, we found that there was a hole in the wall where the plug should have been, but it never was put there. It was just on the floor behind. So, like, if the dishwasher had the washer had leaked, it would have gone into the um, the actual like plugs 
where the electricity runs and we could have burned our whole house down. Oh, that's great. And that hole was cut into the wall and you could see the siding through the hole. Like there was no insulation or nothing in that area at all. It was a hole in the wall that went to the outside. And the same with our chimney, our um, the hole that goes outside to vent, like bring in the air to go up the chimney. Um, for an enclosed unit, there's a hole there, but there's no flue to close it. And when I paid a fire guy to come in, a fire, he does chimney sweeps and all that stuff. He does all that great stuff and works on fire boxes. He couldn't figure out how to put a flue in there. <laughs> so I have a hole the size of a dryer vent in the side of my chimney that comes into my living room. So... I had I plugged that up with um, fiberglass. Um, what do you call it? Insulation, and I duct taped the top of it. And I don't I don't use my fireplace ever because of it. Yeah, but I'm still freezing cold all the time because I have these holes and I don't know where they are. Yeah, that's what the bathrobes are for. I tell everybody, put on your bathrobe. I'm cold. Put on your bathrobe. I'm cold. Put on your fucking bathrobe. I know. I got to get Nikki a bigger bathroom because her bathroom's... Put on socks. <laughs> yeah, socks. Stop walking around barefoot. Put on a bathrobe and a pair of goddamn socks. You'll so, be warm, I promise, because I'm sweating in my bathrobe and my fuzzy slippers. Yeah, so I have my, my fuzzy socks, my gloves, my hat, my fuzzy bathrobe with the hood. So I get extra cold to put the hood over my hat. My husband came in the other day and said, what the hell are you doing? I'm sitting on my computer typing with my gloves on. (laughs) What's I'm like, my hands are freezing. I can't get them warm enough. That's because you work in the downstairs. See, I work up here. Mm -hmm. I refuse to turn the heat on to more than 65. Yeah, that's where we are, too. Because it's so hot upstairs, Mm -hmm. and I'm never downstairs during the day. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm all downstairs all day long. It's so annoying. But at the same time, when I go up to bed, it's really warm. So I'm all happy. It's like it's like 10 degrees hotter up here. I'm so excited. Yeah, you need to get like a little heater. I have by my desk a little heater that if I'm cold, I just turn that on for a couple of minutes and it'll warm me up. Yeah, see, my problem with that is I turn it off after that couple of minutes and then I get cold again. I got to turn it back on and off and on and off. And I can never get comfortable. I just stay cold and then all day. If I get too cold, I just go take a shower and then heat my whole body core temperature up and then put my robe back on. And then I go back downstairs and I'm fine the rest of the day. It's a pain in the butt, but it works for me. So anyway, I want to thank you again for your chili you sent the other day. Oh, you're welcome. I know you love my chili. Oh, my God. The chili was so good. Hey, did you use bison again, or was that turkey or something? That was turkey. Oh. Actually, it was chicken. I think I used ground chicken this time, not the bison. I think it works better with the chicken in it than the bison, although the bison's really good, too. Well, this time, I also put more of my special chimayo from New Mexico chili powder Ooh. because Lucas wasn't trying it. The uh, last time I made it, I didn't make it as spicy because I wanted Lucas to try it to see if he would like it. Mm-hmm. Because now that he's getting older, his tastes are changing a bit, and he's liking a lot more of the things that I cook that are healthy. But he did not enjoy the chili, so I made it for the grown-ups this time. Oh, my God, it was so good. 
It was so good. And my tummy was so not, I was so happy that you didn't have carrots in it and all that jazz. It was so nice. I know. I bought special for you the really expensive chicken stock that doesn't have carrots in it. Yeah, I know. I have to go find that too. Where did you get it at? Sprouts. Sprouts. It's bona fide, I think. Is yeah, I do remember. I remember the label like explicitly because I want to buy it and bring it with me when I go and make soup next time or whatever I do with it because no carrots, no tummy problem. Yay! I was going to make my own broth, but because we were leaving for Nashville in a mm -hmm. couple days after I made it, I just didn't have the energy for that. Yeah. Do you still have all those wing um, bones in your freezer? Yep. I have all awesome. the wing bones from when I made wings, and I have a whole chicken carcass. Ooh. I made a whole chicken. And I have another whole chicken in the freezer. Ooh. And it's saving all my veggie scraps. Nice. Yay. That would be some good broth right there. It's so crazy that we have to make our own. Yeah. Aren't you so glad I got you back on the healthy train? Oh, my God. I mean, like, I was just talking about this, like, meal planning with my mother-in-law for our little trip to their house for the next week. And she's like, okay, so I'm going to make this, this, and this. I'm like, can't have it. Can't have it. Can't have it. Well, I mean, you made me the recipe with the bacon-wrapped asparagus last time you were here. And I'm like, last time I was there, I didn't have the diet I have now. She's, I can't have asparagus and I'm really not supposed to have bacon. She's like, well, I was going to give you the chicken, the turkey bacon. And I was like, turkey bacon, it's chicken bacon. I hope you get that right. And there is also a thing as turkey bacon. I know. But the one that Matt likes is chicken bacon. And you know how he is. He's so peculiar about, you know, his food. So I just hope that she gets the right one that he likes, right? And then she's going to wrap it around the asparagus and serve it like that. And I'm like, I can't eat asparagus. She's like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm like, just, you can make the bacon-wrapped asparagus for you and everyone else, and I'll just have a salad. It's not that big of a deal. I'm used to having just the salad with stuff. I mean, I just take leftover chicken and make a chicken salad out of it. It's not a big deal. And she's like, oh, okay. So I don't really have to worry about it. I'm like, nope. She's like, well, what about, you know, having barbecue? We have this great pork barbecue place. I'm not supposed to have pork. She's like, well, you know what? They do have turkey. And I was like, oh, thank you. But it's like such a pain in the butt to try and figure out stuff. Yeah. But then once you already figure it out and you go, okay, so here's the plan. Here's what I can eat. Here's how, here, here's how to plan for it. Here's how to do it. It's fine. So I want to thank you for that. That trip we took to, where was it? South Polly's Island? Polly's Island? Yeah, South. Polly's Island in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went on that trip and we had that whole meal planning session and we figured out how to do all that stuff and... That really, like, saved a lot of time. I mean, it's a pain in the butt that we have to bring all this stuff with us and do all that thing, but it's so much better down our tummies that we don't have to worry about any of the side effects of eating food that we don't know. Yeah, you know, and it's really interesting because before I sort of started this journey, and we're talking about um, our food sensitivity. So about a year ago... I started going to this naturopath because I had been really, really sick. And it started probably, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Nobody can hear you think, Linda. Nobody can hear you think. Nobody can hear me think. <laughs> 
sometime at the beginning of the summer, I had gone on a trip, and then I I started not feeling well. Oh, we went, this happened before July. So I started not feeling well, and for most of my life, every time I ate, I felt nauseous. Mm -hmm. And I would randomly just throw up all the time for no reason. Mm -hmm. And I just thought this was normal for me. So, like, this is just what happens to people when they eat. I never really thought too much about it. And I generally try to eat really healthy. For a long time, I made a lot of changes. I didn't eat a lot of bad things. I didn't eat a lot of gluten. I did eat dairy. And I generally just tried to avoid bread and pastas and things like that. Because years ago, I did the Atkins diet right. before I got pregnant, and I didn't eat any carbs for a long time. And when I got pregnant, they told me I had to start eating carbs again. But I never went back to eating, like, a lot of carbs. So, right. You know, my carbs were very limited. And I've kind of been on this journey for many, many years where... I've just been trying to eat healthier, make healthier swaps. I didn't, I stopped eating soy sauce and I would use coconut minos instead and all sorts of other healthy things. And I ate lots of vegetables and just meats and I just generally try to stick to eating meats and proteins. But I still always felt really nauseous every time I ate. It would make me not want to eat and it kind of took the joy out of eating yeah and last summer not this past summer the summer before right um I started just being sick all the time and I'd gone on a family vacation with James and the kids and his parents we went to Florida Mm -hmm. and we went to Panama City and then His parents went to Louisiana, and we went to go visit my brother in Spring Hill. The first day that we were in Panama City, I just started throwing up all the time. I was so sick, and I wasn't going to let that stop me. We still went on with our vacation. I was just resting a lot and throwing up a lot, and then... We came back, and I had to go on another trip back to Polly's Island, South Carolina, because that's a trip I go on every year. And when I was in South Carolina, I was, like, deathly sick. Yeah, I remember when you came back from that. Yep, and in the middle of all that, I stopped sleeping. So on top of being sick, I also sometimes suffer from insomnia. Right. So I was really sick. I was throwing up all the time, and I could not sleep. No matter how hard I tried, I could not sleep more than 15 minutes at a time and never more than an hour or two each night. And this went on for 10 weeks. I couldn't even imagine. So when I came back from South Carolina, well, before that, in the middle of all this, my grandpa died. Right. And his funeral was when was supposed happened when I was on this pre-planned trip to South Carolina, which was for work, and I had to be there. So I left South Carolina, 
and I flew to Massachusetts instead of flying home. So I went to Massachusetts for a few days to see my dad and, you know, all of that stuff. Right, yeah. And help him with my grandfather's house. Sick as a dog. At this point, I'm still not sleeping. I have this awful cough. I was, I thought I was dying. I did not know what was going on with me. I came back from Massachusetts and I went to the doctor. Right. And I found out I had pneumonia. Ugh. So all this time I've been all over the place with pneumonia. So they gave me some antibiotics, these anti-nausea meds. I still wasn't sleeping. They wouldn't give me anything to sleep. I kept begging them. I was like, just give me one Ambien. I need one night's sleep. And all they would, wanted to give me to sleep was an antidepressant to take every day. Oh, that's just bad. It was bullshit. I told him, I'm not taking this shit. I'm not going to take an antidepressant every day to go to sleep. Right. That's not what I need. Mm-hmm. But they I would that. not prescribe me something. Well, Ambien's a barbiturate, and I can't prescribe that to you. Weird. It's not like you asked for, like, a lifetime supply or anything. Yeah, I was really pissed. Also, I hadn't slept, and when I get in these bouts of insomnia, I start to get loopy. I remember you being loopy. Yes, I get that really was like... loopy. I start to hear voices, like, in the air vents. Oh, my when gosh. the air vents are on, I swear to God, I can hear music or people talking. It's really nuts. It makes me feel insane. So, in the middle of this, my trainer, she had started going to this naturopath at this company called Progressive. And I, she kept telling me to go. She, she said, you have to do this. You have to do something. You've been sick all year long. Something has to change. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to go. And I went. And it was the best thing I ever did. They did these tests. They tested my adrenals and my thyroids. And I had to do this really gross stool test. (laughs) (laughs) Where they test your sensitivities. And I learned that food sensitivity isn't always... Like when somebody's allergic to peanuts and they have an immediate anaphylactic reaction. Yeah, and it's not a skin reaction where people have hives either. That's yeah. the weird. That's the weirdest thing of all. Like I couldn't believe the side effects that they were talking about with the food sensitivities. But go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, that's fine. <laughs> you can talk too. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they taught me about how food sensitivities, some of them can be immediate, some of them can be one to three days, and some of them can be three to five days delayed. So you can eat something today and not have any reaction to it for three to five days. So it's very difficult to put two and two together. Like, oh, I ate cheese, and five days later, my belly hurts. Yeah, that's just so hard to figure out. Yeah. So once all my tests came back, um, 
Well, before that, they started me on all these crazy supplements, and then I magically started sleeping again, which oh, was amazing. I know, right? And then I was starting to heal. Yep. And I got my food sensitivity tests back. It was really amazing to see how many different foods I was sensitive to that were things that were technically, air quotes, healthy. Oh, my God. The carrots, like my list, when I got back from Progressive to find out that I had carrots on my list. And like when I tried to be healthy before and I'm going to cut out all the carbs and everything else, I would go in and have salad, right? Salad. It's a perfectly healthy thing. I had lettuce, but I didn't have iceberg lettuce. I went out and got like the romaine lettuce and like the sweet butter lettuce and everything else. I got cucumbers. I got tomatoes and I put carrots in my salad every day. I got carrots in my salad and I'm getting sicker and sicker every flipping day. Day. No idea that the reason why I was getting sick for the most part was because of carrots. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really insane. So for me, I had a lot of things that were high on my list, which were, and I think my list was much more extensive. Oh yeah, yours is way more extensive <laughs> than mine. Although mine's very daunting. I couldn't even imagine what yours yeah. sometimes like, how do you even eat? <laughs> So fast forward and rewind a little bit, in the middle of my process, I made Deanna go do it too. Yeah, because so now we do it together. Yeah, I had I was complaining to Linda about how I can't function because every day I was throwing up and I had no re I had no idea why like I was sick every day, but I wasn't I, there was no fever. There was no there was nothing. I was just puking every day. And she's like, no, go to my progressive people. They're going to, they're going to totally hook you up. They're going to tell you what's what and tell you what's going on. The funny thing about it was, is I had been to my primary care doctor and I've been telling him, you know, I have all these symptoms and I have all this stuff. And like when I, I was in a trip at the Grand Canyon with my daughter and my husband, and we went out to dinner, this really fancy restaurant. I had wine, I had a salad, the salad had carrots on it, I had some, uh, a steak dinner, I think, or a pot roast or something that had carrots in it, the next day I'm puking like crazy, I thinking that I had too much wine with dinner. And then, um, but because we had a trip planned to the Grand Canyon, and it's like once in a lifetime kind of thing, you know, go to the Grand Canyon, see it. I didn't want to ruin it. So my husband's like, I know how to fix it. Let's just start taking Benadryl. Benadryl fixes everything. Well, because I was actually having an allergic reaction, the Benadryl worked like a champ. But every time I stopped taking it, I would start puking again. So I had to like every four hours I was taking Benadryl. So I come back and I talk to my primary care physician and he's saying, okay, so you need to go to the allergist. So I go to the allergist and the allergist says, yes. You could be allergic to food, but you could also be allergic to environmentals. So we're going to handle the environmental stuff first before we handle the food stuff. Now, if you ask me, my sinus pressure and all that congestion stuff that's caused by, you know, out, outdoor environmental allergies was way less affecting me than my food allergies were affecting me. But they wanted to start with the environmentals first. And I was still having all these problems. So I go back to my primary care doctor and he's like talking to me about having to go and get a colonoscopy and everything. It's like so crazy. I have to go and do all this stuff. And so I go to the GI doctor that he referred me to and I go to talk to them about getting colonoscopy. And they say, well, you know, this will kind of figure out whether or not you have a, a bacterial infection, you know, this and that and the other. And I go to ask them how much it was. 
and they're like, well, we can't tell how you how much it is until we schedule it, and it's going to cost you two hundred dollars to schedule it. And that's an yeah, they, that's what they said. You had to pay. You had to pay a minimum deductible part, a minimum copay of two hundred dollars before they could put it on the calendar for them to then tell you how much the overall cost was going to be. But if you canceled it, you only got a hundred dollars back. That's bullshit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to even do this. And I left because I'm like, there's got to be another way of doing this. And I was telling the story to Linda uh, or talking to her about how I'd been all this stuff. And he, she was telling me about going to progressive. So I was like, you know what? That's less evasive than what I was going going to go through. I mean, it's a lot easier to test poop once it's out of your body than to put a camera up in your body. <laughs> Guess when you put it that way. Right. I mean, think about it. <laughs> think about it. I've never had a colonoscopy, but the thought of it doesn't sound very great. Trust me, it's not fun. Um, but anyway, it's like, it, it kind of like really opened my eyes. Like everything that I was eating was, everything I was eating was causing me some problems, whether or not it was healthy or not. You know, I'm, I'm eating salad, but I'm having carrots in it and, or like, and spinach. Oh my God, spinach. Yes, I miss spinach. Oh. Just making me sad just thinking about that. I mean, the good news is that once your gut heals, you can try to start introducing some things back in to see if you're still reacting to them or not. And what's really great is once you make the changes, it's easier to tell when you eat something if that's the only different thing that you've eaten if you feel like shit a few days later. Yeah, I figured out that carrots are definitely not a thing that I ever will eat again. Like, and I can't even have it in broth that Linda has in her chili because it makes me sick. But onions are on your list and you can eat the onions in my chili and that doesn't make you sick. No, but if I have onions with your stuff and onions at home and onions with this, then, then it causes a problem. But if I only have onions once in a while, it's kind of like um, if I have, I can have pork like once in a, in a seven day period and it doesn't bother me. But if I have pork twice in a seven day period, oh my God, forget it. I'm like sick. Yeah, it's really it's crazy. And that's what they say is, you know, once you get from about nine to 12 months. So I started last October. Mm -hmm. So I'm about 13 or 14 months, you know, into it. And I can have an egg once in a while and it doesn't bother me. Almonds was on my list. And now if I have something that has almond flour in it, it doesn't seem to bother me, which is great. I do notice that sugar bothers me a lot, which sugar is just bad for you. Everybody knows that. But I notice that I, when I have too much sugar now, I get really bloated and I feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, it really sucks. And you know what really sucked this year is this is my first Christmas on this, like, gluten-free diet. And I always baked cookies. It was, like, my thing with my kids, you know. And we make a ton of cookies, you know, my Russian tea cakes being my favorite. So not only is it like covered in like, it's just a flour ball with butter and um, powdered sugar on it. You know, it's pretty much what it is. And I can't have them. And I'm, I was getting really sad. So I decided I would make salt dough ornaments instead. And it worked out so much better because I couldn't eat it 
but I could bake it like it was a cookie and I could, you know, and then I could give them away, which is like even the best part I think about Christmas cookies is giving them away, not necessarily eating them themselves and the process of actually baking them with your kids. Mm -hmm. So I had this great, you know, day with my daughter baking these um, salt dough ornaments and painting them. And now we're going to have a great Christmas handing them out. So it's really cool. Yeah. So, so, I mean, we figured out how like not only to alter our diets, but our entire lifestyle around, you know, not having to do it and to have a partner in crime that is so good at cooking as Linda. I mean, I could eat your chili like every day for months and I probably would never complain. I'm glad you like it. We like it a lot too. Yeah. So, which reminds me, I still have your mason jar. I have to bring back. Yeah, you can't get a refill. <laughs> I know it stinks. Oh my gosh! So yeah. And lucky for you, I love to batch cook shit. Yes, you do. Because it's like nine quarts of chili at one time. Yes, which is fabulous, especially when you're hungry and you find out that Linda's cooking. You just show up at their house, going, "Feed me," and she will. You're awesome that way. Thank you. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It is nice to have somebody to, you know, support you when you're going through these things because it can be very difficult. For me, I already had been on a path where I had tried to learn about healthy swaps, what to eat, what not to eat, but I didn't realize that things like zucchini I love zucchini and green beans. They're my two favorite vegetables. They were on my sensitivity list. So I was eating zucchini and green beans two, three, four times a week, sometimes almost every day. Yeah. And they were making me bloated and full of inflammation and not feeling good. Yeah, I was like that with dairy. Like I had, I mean, cheese and bread. I mean... Two years in Paris kind of ruins you for cheese and bread here, but it still makes you want to have it all the time. And the gluten and the dairy ugh, mixed with the carrots on the salad, just like, nope. I do miss dairy. I have started introducing a little bit of dairy here and there. Shh, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> no. So we were in Nashville. Where we stayed was... The condo we stayed in was mm -hmm. on top of a Whole Foods. Oh my gosh! So you had to go downstairs, All and you're. I had to do was go downstairs. So that was, <laughs> that was even awesome. better than the Sprouts location of my hotel in California. That was the best. So when I went to Whole Foods, they had some buffalo mozzarella. <gasps> what? They have buffalo mozzarella over there? Yes, and oh. I was totally into that. I didn't know if it was going to bother me or not. I haven't tried it. And I went for it. And I, so for lunch one day, I made um, a sandwich. Okay. With my special bread, my special vegan bread, my gluten, dairy, egg free. Piece bread. of cardboard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not that bad when you toast it. I know. I toast mine now. So. So I put some ghee on it, and I put it in the pan, and I cut up some of the buffalo mozzarella, and I put it on the bread, and I put some turkey, uh, and then I grilled it like a grilled I hate cheese. you right now. I hate you. Go and ahead. And then I put some 
tomatoes, which now I'm all about the Roma tomatoes. I told you. I can't, I still can't eat them plain. No, you, I mean, you really don't but have I to tried. wear that. I tried. Oh, I'm so proud you tried to Roma tomatoes. I, <laughs> I did. A few weeks ago, I was cutting one up, I think, to make a BLT, and I took a chunk of one, and I said, I'm going to just try to eat this piece of tomato and see if I like it. I did not like it. I didn't like it. It was really fucking gross. Okay. Well, at least you tried, though, so. Which is weird, because I can stand them on a sandwich. I can't by itself. It just, it did, the consist, the, no. So it's a texture thing, not a it's, flavor thing? It's both. Oh, okay. I don't like the flavor by itself. It's definitely the consistency, like the texture. Okay, so the Roma is the most firm of all the tomatoes out there. Yeah. They have to be very thinly sliced, and they can go on my sandwich or burgers, and I can, I like it like that. Right, yeah. So, and then I put some, and then when it was done grilling, I opened it up, and I put some special mayonnaise on there, and some spring mix, and some tomatoes, and it was the best goddamn sandwich I've eaten in a really long time. Yeah. It was so good, and I was like, this mozzarella is delicious, just like, like you know, it's all like stringy as I'm pulling it away from Oh, shut up, I'm so jealous. Oh, man. But you could try some buffalo mozzarella. I've been looking. I can't find it anywhere. Whole Foods. Yeah. When was the last time I drove out of the 25-mile radius from our house? Well, if I like, remember the next time I order from Whole Foods, I will try to order you some buffalo mozzarella. Woohoo! I I know people. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things. It's the little things in life. And when we... Um, we're in Nashville. Well, I'll tell you about my Nashville trip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you still haven't told me about that. Yeah, I haven't seen you. Well, except for that homeless issue, but go ahead. Yeah. And I missed you while I was away. I missed you, too. It was very quiet and kind of boring. Yeah. So, oh, and let me tell you this other story. So before we went to Nashville, the Saturday before we went to Nashville, having a nice, lovely, quiet Saturday morning, I get up early before everybody else in my house. So I'm just sitting on the couch drinking my morning healthy gut shake. Woohoo! And I was watching TV or playing Diablo or something. I was having a very good morning. Lucas woke up and he has to, to earn his allowance or to earn video game time on the weekends, he has to do all the dishes before he is allowed to watch TV or play video games. So I'm sitting on the couch. He does the dishes. He goes away to do whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm having a great time. James wakes up and he comes downstairs and all I hear is, what the fuck happened to the dishwasher? Oh no. <laughs> oh my God. And I said, I don't, I don't know. I've just been sitting on the couch <laughs> enjoying the, my time. <laughs> and he's like, there's suds everywhere. And I was like, what's happening? So I get up and I look at the dishwasher and there is a giant mound of suds <laughs> trailing across the kitchen. So it's like a foam party in the middle of the kitchen? Yeah. Like you see in the movie when the washing machines are making suds everywhere. I didn't think that actually happened in real life. Oh, it happens in real life. 
And I'm like, I don't know what happened. Lucas just started the dishwasher. I'm just watching TV. So he calls Lucas downstairs in his angry dad voice, which can terrify anybody. I'm like, oh, no, here it comes. Everybody's going to start crying. <laughs> What's happening? I just wanted a quiet morning. And he asked Lucas, what did you put in the dishwasher? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and Lucas said, just a little bit of Dawn. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The worst come one because it's so super sudsy. Oh, man. Apparently, one, I was really glad that he fessed up to it right away. Right. Yeah, that's Sometimes the when score. When confronted, they lie. Yeah. Um, but he did fess up to it right away. And he said he was curious about what the little rinse part was next to where the dishwasher tablet goes so he just put a little bit of dawn in there so he put dawn in the rinse aid area yeah. oh my gosh it was like a scene out of a movie <laughs> i just turn around and there's just a trail of suds across the kitchen <laughs> And it's in the rinse thing, so it only comes out a little bit at a time, and it's probably going to... Did you guys have to take the dishwasher apart and rinse everything out? No, James turned it off and just put the rinse cycle on, and we just kept an eye on it, and it was all right. Uh, okay, well... And then he made Lucas hand wash all the dishes that were in the dishwasher. Oh, good punishment, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yeah, so that was really interesting. That happened. <laughs> oh, man. Having kids is a blast. Oh, I yeah. I love it so much. So, you know, I decided to take Lucas away because he's going back to in-person school in January and I get wanderlusty. So I decided to book us a trip to Nashville. So we went to Nashville for a week and right. rented this really cute little two-bedroom condo above the Whole Foods, which yes. is the best. So we get to Nashville, more fun Lucas stories. Oh, yeah. Really? He broke everything. <laughs> he just, uh, I don't know if he's at that awkward age. It just makes me glad I have a girl and not a oh boy. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't know if it's a boy thing. I don't know if it's an age thing. I don't know what's happening right now. It's sort of hysterical and frustrating at the same time. So we're in Nashville. And, you know, everything's going fine. We had a really good time. We went for lots of walks. We walked, like, two to four miles every day. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, except for the Monday before we left, I hurt myself foam rolling. Again? Just the one time. No, because you had hurt yourself foam rolling here before you left. That's what I was saying. Oh, okay. Before I left, okay. I hurt myself foam rolling. Okay, yeah. And I was determined I was just going to walk it off. I didn't. So all the walking was a little bit unpleasant. Oh. Um, also, we learned Nashville is not for us. Oh, really? Yes. Well, neither one of us like country music. I like old school country music, like old Garth Brooks, like Loretta Pat Lynn. Patsy Cline. Hank Williams, not Hank Williams Jr. kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like old Reba. Yeah. You know, that's my kind of country music. That's sort of what I grew up on. My dad's a big country music buff, but that that's like the only genre I like. I don't like this new pop country. Oh, that pop country drives me crazy. It's it's kind of insane. 
I don't know why I picked Nashville. Well, I picked Nashville because we could drive to it, and I didn't want to fly. It was right. only a four-hour drive. Right. And that was about what I could stand. And I, we'd never been to Nashville. So when we got there, we um, we went grocery shopping at Whole Foods, hmm. which I love. Whole Foods to me is like the toy store. I just love it. Right. There's yeah. so many options and healthy stuff and, you know, can't eat beef and they have bison and you get real tired of eating chicken and fucking turkey all the time. Yep. Sometimes yeah. you need something different. Yep. So that was exciting. So we went grocery shopping, but then we didn't, well, we knew it, but we didn't know it, you know, sort of. We forgot we had to carry everything upstairs. Uh-huh. It was an elevator, but... We had these bags were kind of heavy, and I was like, oh, shit. About a week's worth of food, and me and my 11-year-old son have to carry these now. But we made it. We managed. And we went for a walk to go explore. Well, we were right on Broadway, which is where all the stuff is. So we were about a mile from where we... I'm lovingly referring it to... at. I'm lovingly referring to it as Honky Tonk Row. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's like. <laughs> so, you know, we walked down there, but it was at this point it was nighttime. Mm-hmm. And I was not yet aware of all the homeless issue in Nashville. Right. So I was trying not to be nervous because we kept walking by homeless people. Right. Trying not to judge that the homeless people were scary homeless people. They were just people who did not have homes. Right. And we were walking down Broadway. It was terrifying. <laughs> Lucas kept telling me his ears were being attacked by all the country music. Oh, man. <laughs> it's not that bad. It was really loud. Oh, I know it's really loud. I mean, we went, well, I could hear it after I went to Metallica. So, I mean, yeah. Because we went and saw Metallica in the, the arena that's there. Mm-hmm. And so, and to get a cab after we left the show, we walked down Broadway to the other end of town, kind of to try and get a cab to get to our hotel because mm-hmm. we didn't want to be with the crowd, the Metallica crowd at the beginning of the, so the other end of Broadway, right? So we walked down. So we walked past all the honky tonks to get down there. So, um, and I could hear it even after my ears are blown <laughs> out from the heavy metal. So I know it's pretty loud. It was kind of intense. Oh, and on our walk, back to the homeless people, there was a guy who had a sign, and this is a little bit why I judge homeless people sometimes. There was a guy who had a sign that said, saving for pussy. Oh, my God. So here I am walking with my 11-year-old son, soon to be 12 in a couple weeks. Yep. And I have to explain to him what pussy means. Oh, that must have been fun. Yeah, well, I just told him it was a slang word for vagina. Well, we talk about penises and vaginas all the time over here. Well, I mean, you kind of have to when, you know, they need to learn about that stuff. Yes. They've literally attached all our bodies. Yep. So... I like to take these things as teaching opportunities. Right. Because he probably wouldn't, he didn't ask what pussy meant. But I know he read the sign. Pretty sure he knew he, the guy wasn't saving for a cat. <laughs> he could have been thinking that though, Linda. <laughs> and you ruined his dreams. Because he doesn't like to learn these things. But I feel like it's important. There are things he's going to hear in his life. And I'd much rather have him be prepared. 
Yep, I hear that. So when one of his friends says something about a pussy, he's not going to think that he's talking about a cat. Or he's going to know that it's a not very nice slang word for a vagina. Right. Yeah. Then he started complaining that he was hungry. Oh, no. In the middle of Honky Tonk Row? In the middle of Honky Tonk Row. <laughs> so we were trying to figure out where to eat. Yeah. And where we landed, he wanted to go to Hard Rock Cafe. Okay. But I said yes, because at this point I didn't really want to argue. And I was tired of walking. Right, okay. So we went to Hard Rock Cafe, who literally had nothing on the menu that I could eat. I believe that. I was really disappointed, one, with the size of their menu and the quality of food on their menu. I've been to a Hard Rock Cafe before, but their menu was a lot better. Yeah, it just depends on where you're at. Like, they really take to the local cuisine and the local, like, stuff. They have their own, like, signature stuff that they do everywhere, but they really do kind of cater to the uh, location that they're at. Okay, both in their both in their music, like, their memorabilia on the walls and everything. Like, if you were to go in there, I bet you a lot of the stuff on the wall has all has to do with country music. It didn't, actually. Really? Yeah, they had um, ACDC, Poison. It actually was really interesting. Huh. Did not play any country music in there. That, well, I can see that they did rock stuff, but I'm, I I can't believe they didn't have not even one thing. That's kind of weird. Well, I didn't look all around because I right. didn't want to be near all the people. Yeah. But where well, we were sitting, there was ACDC, Poison, um, some other things I forgot now because I was tired. Yeah. And I ended up just ordering a piece of grilled... I was like, here's what I want. Can you do this? So I ordered a piece of grilled chicken and a side of broccoli. At least they had a vegetable side. Right. But when it came, I was dying because my side of broccoli was a broccoli crown just chopped in half. That was it? Just one? Well, like, no. like, Like a whole crown. Oh, like a oh. Whole crown of broccoli. They just chopped it in half and put it on your plate. And served it like that. I mean, they cooked it a little bit. Oh, okay. Weird. And they just served. I was. I've never been served broccoli like that. Generally, I don't like to get broccoli at restaurants because they don't ever cook it enough. Right. Yeah. It's always super crunchy. It's I, either super crunchy or super mushy. I don't understand why they can't get it right. Just do it in the middle. I don't know either. So I got a whole half a head of broccoli. It was just chopped in half. So Lucas ordered mac and cheese with chicken, and it came with garlic bread. Ooh, ouch. I know. Which was a special treat for him because he normally doesn't eat gluten or dairy. But when we go out to eat or when it's a holiday... Because as far as I know, he doesn't really have a sensitivity to it. But since he stopped eating gluten and dairy. His life is better? His life is better, yes. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's had better bowel movements. Oh, you actually put that on air. Okay. I did. I okay. put it on air. We're a real constipated family, so we don't eat gluten or dairy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> um, he really enjoyed it. And that was the restaurant he picked, so it right. was fine. Right. Okay. But eating out can be very difficult when you have food sensitivities. I find that a lot. 
Oh my gosh. There's so many places I would like, I go and I'm like reading stuff. I'm like, can't eat that. Can't eat that. Can't eat that. Can't eat that. Um, yeah, I'll have the tater tots. That's about all I can do here. Thanks. Do you have grilled chicken? Can I just get one piece of grilled chicken? <laughs> that almost sounded like it was out of an English movie. I know. I got that right. Said it. Please, may I have some more, sir? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, I don't know either. But, so, while we were in Nashville, we always also went for a walk, and we went to the Country Music Hall of Fame. I don't know why I thought that was going to be a good idea for us. I really don't. Well, I think the history of music is good for anybody because you can see influences from other artists, to, from one artist to another. Like you can see like stuff like Patsy Cline has, you know, influenced so-and-so and so-and-so. And then you can kind of see the progression of how the music has changed over the periods of time, which I think is fascinating. In fact, in my house, I actually have a, um, there's a guy by the name of Sam. I can't remember his last name now, but he, he's an, um, what do you call those people? Um, anthologist or whatever. So he goes through the history of societies and stuff and he's really big into heavy metal and trying to figure out how like bands like got their influences and stuff. And I have an entire breakdown of heavy metal music from like Elvis and little Richard all the way down to like the, like the five finger death punch. I mean, it's just like everything between the two yeah. is kind of just broken down by genre and subgenre, And it's like, it's kind of like a family tree of heavy metal. And it's just really cool to see like the musical pro progression of it. And I think country or halls of fame kind of do that in their own little way. Does the country music place do that? I didn't feel like it did. It was <sighs> sort of a miss, a miss, miss. I can't talk. A mishmash? Mishmash, yes. Mishmash. A mishmash of different things. Oh. The things that were cool, they had all these songbooks so you could see how musicians wrote their songs and then all their different notes and editing. That oh, was yeah. Cool. There were a lot of really cool musical instruments. I took a bunch of pictures pictures of them to actually show Matt because I thought he would be interested. Yeah, I think he thought you were shopping for guitars for him. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sent them to you, right? You sent me some of them. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, what, is she shopping for guitars for me or something? No, I just thought they were really cool and that he would appreciate. Oh, he does, definitely. And they also had the Smokey and the Bandit car, which was cool, <laughs> and Elvis's Cadillac, which was really interesting to learn that his Cadillac was made specially for him. He had it coated in a blend of gold dust and crushed diamonds and fish scales to give it this sheen. Yeah, so the gold dust and the... Per, um fish scales and the diamonds actually make it that glittery super glittery pearlescent type of thing yeah it was really cool and it was interesting to see a piece of history like that because when you looked inside it looked so old school but it had a tv and a telephone and a full bar <laughs> back. so that was kind of interesting the part that was the most boring to us was they were featuring 
Casey Musgraves, whatever that is. I have no idea. I think it's a female country music artist. Okay. And it's not something that we're interested in at all. So it's this whole really long hallway of all these poofy dresses and games she played as a child and her childhood shoes. And we were not impressed. Hmm. I'm sorry. Not impressed at all. I did enjoy when we got more towards the end where the genre that I was interested in was, you know, Garth Brooks, Reed McIntyre, Patsy Cline, Loretta Lynn. Oh, Loretta Lynn. um, Patty Smythe. So I got a little interested there. And the end was kind of fun. They had like this really big guitar on the wall, but I wouldn't let Lucas play with it because they didn't know how many people had touched it. Right, yeah. And there were some interactive machines, and they did give us these stylus to Mm -hmm. use on the interactive machines. So one of them was fun because you pick, like, a noun, an adjective, a verb, and they replace it in a song. So Lucas was doing it. He's like, you have to come do this. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So when I went to it, the song... Um, you pick your things before you know the song. Oh, no. (laughs) So I picked my words, and the song that came up was a song. It's called uh, 18 Wheels and a Dozen Roses. It's by a country music artist called Kathy Matea. Okay. And that song has real personal meaning to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, When I was younger and I know you know this story I had a brother who passed away mm-hmm. so when he was six I was seven right but his favorite song and a song we used to listen to together when we were kids was 18 wheels and a dozen roses oh so every time I hear that song it reminds me of my brother and I thought that was really funny right but then they replaced all the words with our funny words so it was like, you know, 18 jeans and a dozen green beans. <laughs> so it was pretty hysterical, but it was an experience. We right. did it together. Yeah. However, it it wasn't for us. Yeah, see, I've, I've always wanted to go to the Grand Old Opry. I'm not really into um, country music all that much, but I love... Um, performing arts like mm-hmm. just in general and like the Grand Old Opry has been in operation now for just like generations after generations after generations and the same microphones used now that were used way back when and it's just it's just an interesting kind of historical perspective so it like kind of mixes that history and the and the um, talents of different artists that go so while I wouldn't enjoy probably the music that they play I would enjoy the experience of A, seeing a live show and B, being able to walk around backstage on a stage just in general because I love backstage. So Yeah, I had thought about booking us a backstage tour. It just didn't fit in with what we were doing. And I did look to see who was playing the weekend that we were there. Mm -hmm. I was just a little bit nervous because of everything going on with COVID. I don't want to go to Nashville and get the vid. Yeah. Really hard to socially distance. We wore our masks everywhere. We used gallons of hand sanitizer. Um, I was slightly pissed. We drove by the Opry a couple times 
And I found out the Saturday after we were there. So we went Wednesday to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And the next Saturday, Kathy Matea was there. Oh, no. And I was slightly pissed because that is, I would love to see her. Right, yeah. One, because her music has very personal meaning to me. And two, right. Because I also enjoy it. Right, yeah. We did go to the Gaylord Opry Resort. That is such a beautiful place, isn't it? It was insane. I have yet to go inside. So, um, because it's right next to the Opry Mills Mall or whatever. So when we drive to grandma's house, we always stop in Nashville and that's kind of like our little stopping place sometimes because they have a lot of food options and it's easy to get in and out and get on the highway. And we always take Briley Parkway around Nashville Mm -hmm. because traffic's just so much better doing that. And I've been told, I don't know how many times that I've got to go in and see their garden in the glass museum. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. But I, I keep saying I'm going to do it. But again, we stop when they're in the middle of traveling somewhere. So it's kind of hard to like actually take the time to go yeah. and do it. So next time we go and hang out in Nashville, that's one of the things I want to do. It was really cool because when you go in, there's just plants everywhere and like a river flows through it and little fountains. And we were there near Christmas time. They have so many Christmas lights. It was beautiful. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. I put a picture on Facebook of all the Christmas lights. They're just hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, I saw the picture and I thought, oh, that's so awesome. But I didn't really look at it because I kind of want to go myself and kind of experience it. And I'm one of those people that... I don't want to have preconceived ideas of places I want to go. I want to just go and experience it myself. I'm it's kind of so that much way. better in person. Well, I, I know that. But at the same time, it's like if I get an idea in my head about how something is and if I get there and it's not that, then I'm disappointed. And I I don't know. I just I don't want to have anybody. I don't I don't know how to explain it. I get that. We also did we at the Opry, the Gaylord Opry Resort, they usually do every year this event called Ice for Christmas, where they have um, thousands and thousands of pounds of ice sculptures. But this year they had an event called I Heart Christmas Movies. Oh, no. So So they had these scenes set up from different popular Christmas movies. So Elf, National Lampoon's. A Christmas Story, right? And a Year Without a Santa Claus. You didn't send me the National Lampoon's picture. There's a video of it on Facebook of well, Lucas pfft. plugging the lights in. So that was oh. interesting. I wish we could have touched more stuff. You weren't really allowed to touch anything. Yeah, it's like walking around backstage at Universal. You can't touch it. Yeah. So they had <laughs> you walk in, and it's um, Santa's workshop from Elf and they tell you like little stories about Buddy and then you go into um, they have Mr. Narwhal coming up um, in like a little iceberg that he floats away so that was really cool and they had the National Lampoon so when you start walking into that set those set scenes they have the house Uh and one person he plugs the lights in, and then, like, the whole house lights up and Aww. sings hallelujah. <laughs> and 
we were with, there were two other people that were with us, with me and Lucas, and they have, like, you know, these spots that you stand on so everybody's six feet apart, and everybody's wearing their masks, just so you know, we were safely social distancing. Right. And because Lucas was the only kid, the guy was really, like, playing it up with him, which was fun, so we yeah. him, like, be Clark Griswold <laughs> and plug it in and light up the house, and then you go in and they have you know, the tree and it's all flopped over and uh-huh. it's on like pistons and it shakes and then there's like an animated squirrel that <laughs> runs across the wall and you go into the dining room and there's a turkey on the table <laughs> and, you know, they play sound clips of grandma singing, um, the since, No, I thought she says, she says the Pledge of Allegiance. Something. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the turkey explodes open and it's all dry. <laughs> um, and then, oh, and Polar Express. Uh, so we got to go on the Polar Express train car and they missed hot chocolate scent in the air. And we're like, we can't smell it, guy. We're wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can smell your hot chocolate smell. Oh. So thanks for telling us. Oh, that stinks. And then Lucas, so we get out of there, and Lucas really wanted a hot chocolate, so I got him a hot chocolate. And then he kept going on about how the hot chocolate cost $5. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I could buy you a whole box of hot chocolate for $5, but you really wanted this. <laughs> and then we went out to eat again. So that was actually the second time we had been there, because we went a few days earlier for some other events they had there. They had um, ice bumper cars. Aww. outdoors and this like ice you went ice tubing oh ice skating i didn't let, let lucas do ice skating and he was pretty pissed at me but there were a lot of fucking people there and it was making me nervous yeah and i'm not a good ice skater and mm-hmm. lucas has never been ice skating and i couldn't in good mom conscience like let either one of us go on the ice because I can't control how far I am away from people there. Yeah. It didn't feel safe. Right. So I told him I will take him ice skating somewhere in a more controlled environment where I feel safe. Okay. Well, let me know. Cause I have a pair of skates at home. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. Then we left there. There was a restaurant across the street. It's called the Caney Fork, which I noticed on our way in. Uh-huh. And their claim to fame is Wild Game. Ooh, fun. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, and as we've already discussed, I don't eat beef. I don't eat pork. My options really are chicken or bison or other wild game. Right. So I was game. Right. <laughs> So we went to this restaurant and I ordered, I got venison and quail. It was the best venison steak I've ever had. Really? Yeah. And it even came a little bit overcooked. I ordered it medium. It was more like medium well to well, but it was so fucking tender. It's, I, I can't stop thinking about it. It was so good. My quail was very dry, but it was so tender. And we had also ordered, they had venison sausage Ooh. as an appetizer, so I ordered that. Lucas, very surprisingly, he ordered a steak with fried alligator tail. Yeah, I saw the picture on Facebook <laughs> from the alligator tail, and I was just like, and when I showed Matt that, he's like, oh, we got to take them to Henry's, because Henry's has better gator than anywhere we've ever had. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. So, Lucas became obsessed 
with we're calling them alligator bites. With the alligator bite, Ooh. he wouldn't stop talking about them the whole time <laughs> we were in Nashville. So when we went back um, for the iHeart Christmas event, that was Tuesday night when I got tickets for that. Mm-hmm. That was the last night we were in Nashville. I took him back there uh-huh. afterwards. I didn't even get anything. <laughs> but I, he got his second helping of alligator bites, though, right? Yes. So he got his second helping of alligator bites, and I ordered him another one to take with us. Oh. I'm a nice mom. You are a nice mom. And also, how often is it, you know, that your kids find something weird to eat that they love? Yeah, and the fact that he's willing to try it, you know, it's just, it's it completely blows me away. Yeah. Because Nikki has a hard time trying anything. Like, we tell her, you just have to try it once, and if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. And then she just, she won't try it. It's like, it's so annoying. Except when she comes over here, I force feed her shit all the time. I know you do. I don't take shit like that. I know you do. (laughs) It's one of the things I liked about Polly's Island. She had to sit at her chair until she was done. Yep, she ate all her cabbage the other day, her fried cabbage. Yeah, she's like, well, most of it, Mom. I didn't really eat all of it. I'm like, oh, really? Where did it go then? Because I know you had to clean your plate before you got up. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, well, I did my best. So it was like some straggling cabbage on the plate, but she did a good job. Yeah, that's what she said. So I'm very, I'm very proud of how. She didn't even throw up one time. Well, <laughs> she's just crazy. So anyway awesome it sounds like you had a really great trip yeah we super did i'm glad that we went it's nice to get out and i was a little nervous because of everything that's going on with covid but i've also decided that i'm not going to be fear-mongering into not living my life i'm doing my part to be safe we wore our masks the whole time we made sure we sanitize our hands we tried not to touch our faces we I tried to make it just as safe as we possibly could. Yeah. I mean, you really can't. And I was reading, um, somebody actually sent me an article the other day because I got freaked out because I got a letter from Nikki's school saying that she'd been exposed and that, you know, we had to do a quarantine and isolation and everything else. And, you know, of course, me and my hypochondriac Stephen King brain automatically goes is, oh, my God, tomorrow we're going to be in the, the middle of the stand. You know, I mean, it's just like everybody's going to die around me and I'm not going to be in the hospital by myself. And it's going to be like flesh eating bacteria and my whole body's going to disintegrate in front of me. You know, like these awful writer imagination that I have. And she's, and my friend sent me an article and it's basically giving me like the real facts of how you can get it and how, you know, and what you, the steps you need to take. And the wearing the mask is like 96% effective about blocking yourself getting it. And like when you go and touch things, it's really, it's got to be a big enough sample on whatever you touch to like, to be contagious, which is, it's a pretty big sample apparently for COVID. And then you have to touch your face, your eyes, your nose, or your mouth. Yeah. With your hands. It's like the urine test. Did I send that to you? No. I didn't send you the urine test? No, not that I remember. All week. So before COVID, there was this meme going around about people wearing pants and peeing. Now it's been applied to COVID. Oh, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Like if you put your pants on and pee, you only get pee on yourself. Yeah. So like if you're not wearing pants and I'm not wearing pants and I pee, my pee is going to get on you. Yes. 
And if you're wearing pants and I pee, my pee is going to still get on you, but some of it will get caught in the fabric. Yes. And if I'm wearing pants and you're wearing pants and I pee, then my pee is going to stay in my pants. Yes. So it's the same thing about wearing a mask. If I'm wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask and I pee on your face. (laughs) I hope that never happens. My mask. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that never happens. Oh my God. Um, yeah, but it was talking also about the fear of like, and the psychiatrist, um, psychological, um, things about, about the feed, the fearful feedback loop that everybody in the country right now is, is stuck in because the government is fearful of more being blamed for, or I should say the elective officials of government are afraid of being blamed for any kind of wrongdoing and additional deaths. So they're kind of, they're fearful of that. So they're spreading their fear of having the, the a guilty conscience, I guess you'd say of, of not protecting its citizens. So their fear is then feed, fed into the media who then takes it and kind of amplifies it because fear actually sells ads because you have more people watching if it's their scared of something. So they're always going to do it so like cnn has like the body count like little ticker across the bottom or whatever you know and if you look all the news channels kind of have something covid related on their main screen that never changes doesn't matter what the news story is behind it they always have a covid update on there somewhere so that kind of feeds back into it like you're you're constantly listening to these government officials giving new rules giving new laws giving new fear then you have the media that's constantly telling you that you should be scared of it look how many people are dying look how many people are in the hospital look how many people have it um but they're not giving you any kind of good news about it and then so you're you're walking around you're kind of being overly fearful of everything and it's it's more of a psychological thing than it is actually a a a scary thing from the disease itself right yes the disease is very scary but the likelihood people are dying from it right but if you're taking the safety measures of washing your hands all the time and wearing a mask all the time you're not going to be um, part of the problem and you're not going to have you're not going to contract it or give it to somebody else as easily it is it is still possible but it's not something to be overly fearful so that you're in a car by yourself wearing a mask because you think you're going to get it from being in the car right yeah. or when you're outside jogging and you're the only one out and you're the only one jogging you can't really, and the wind is blowing, you really shouldn't be wearing a mask. A, because it's harder to breathe through a mask and you're jogging. So, you know, you really shouldn't do that. But if you're not with anybody, the only way you can get it is contact with another person. So it's like, I don't know, it's kind of this balancing act and you have to kind of not be fearful of, of doing day-to-day things, but just a, a, address your life in a way where you're actually doing things that we normally would do but being protected at the same time like going out and wearing a mask it's that simple I definitely felt more at the beginning of the year like I couldn't go anywhere I was afraid to go anywhere and I didn't really know what was going on and the longer it goes on the more I realized that I just have to do my part to keep me and my family safe and to try to keep others safe Right. You know, hopefully I don't have COVID, but if I'm wearing my mask and sanitizing my hands and trying not to touch every surface I encounter, the 
chances that I'm spreading it are very limited because I probably don't have it. I did also have that COVID test. Right. Because my doctor made me take it and I didn't have COVID. Um, what really gets me, especially since we went to Nashville, we've sort of been traveling around a little bit. James and I went to Florida over Thanksgiving is I think the real issue is, is people are not, they're either not wearing fucking masks or they're wearing them fucking wrong. Yeah, I, I know. It's Everybody crazy. in Nashville, they're wearing their mask only over their mouth. Well, if I pee on your face, you're going to get my piss in your nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't let it go. I know. <laughs> um, or they're wearing them around their chins. You know, yeah. what? what the fuck is that going to do to protect you or other people? Or yeah. people... I'm going to throw it out there. James's dad, he refuses to wear a mask. He won't wear one. He thinks it's bullshit. Well, I mean, to me, it's like, yes, that's part of the problem completely. And I, I don't know. There's times and places that I, that I don't wear a mask, like at restaurants because you're eating, you know, but I mean, the people that wear them wrong, um, what gets me is, you know, going to the grocery store and seeing the, the the workers at the store. I mean, I was in line at this grocery store the other day and the kid, mind you, high school student. I could tell this kid was a high school student. He decides, like, while he's checking somebody out to take his mask off and eat something with his hands, like a donut or something. Oh, so he's putting his fingers nice. near his mouth while he's touching people's groceries groceries money credit cards yes i'm like okay i cannot be in this line anymore i switched lines and like the manager saw it and like sent somebody over there and like had them sanitize the entire checkout lane and sent him to another place i'm like i'm so glad the manager saw that and took action immediately about it but it's like it's like what level i mean like it's kind of like the whole vaccine vaccination thing right it's like a herd mentality. Everybody has to take care of everybody else. You can't just be your own little island and what you do is just for you. I mean, you have to think about other people and how you interact with other people. And it's just, it's kind of, um, it's very stressful too, in a way. And it's one of the reasons why I, I don't go out into the world as much as I used to, um, because I don't want to be part of the problem. I know I wear my mask when I go everywhere, except like I said, when I'm eating at a restaurant, which I've not been doing recently anymore because of, you know, fear of being around COVID. But um, I just, when people don't take that consideration and do things like that, I mean, he could have gotten everybody in that whole lane sick. And I'm not just saying COVID either. I mean, he could have had a cold. He could have had the flu. He could have had, you know, measles, mumps, or rubella for all I know. He was touching his his mouth with his hands while he was in the middle of checking people out. It's just unsanitary. Yeah, it's gross. It's, I've seen that a lot in my travels recently, too. You know, going to a rest stop. We go in, we wear our masks. I've got my hand sanitizer ready. Like, I'm ready for this. We get up to the checkout and they have their mask doling around their mouth or it's around their chin. Why are you even bothering wearing a mask? Because, again, if I pee on you, I'm peeing in your mouth. 
because they're following the rules of the establishment you got in. Everybody must wear a mask. It doesn't say everybody has to wear a mask properly. It just says everybody has to wear a mask. So I could wear a mask around my pinky and I'd still be able to get away with it because I'm wearing a mask. And it's kind of like a, um, what do you call that? When people, when the kids are being, um, combative on purpose, right? I'm going to follow the rule, but I'm not going to follow the rule as you state it kind of thing. Does that make sense? So I think that's part of it. And part of it is if they're actually working there and they're there for more than eight hours, having that mask over their nose and their mouth that entire time, I can see where it could wear, wear you thin because I wear it for, I wore it for like three hours the other day and my, my throat got sore. And of course, immediately I have COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's just difficult. I know so, my face gets hot, it gets uncomfortable, but they should be communicating with their employers to say, you know, we need more breaks or what can we do to make this better for us so we can follow the rules, not make people sick, and most, doing our job. Most people don't think that far ahead, right? I mean, in all honesty. But well, they should. Yeah, well, you know, we shouldn't be judgy. Okay? No judgy. I'm very judgy. I know you're very judgy. That's why I'm telling you. Stop. I'm working on it. Okay, good. I'm here to help. She yelled angrily and pointed her finger. <laughs> oh, yeah, I keep forgetting we're on, like, you know, yeah, nobody can yeah, see us. Can't see <laughs> shaking my finger at you. Oh, shucky darn. If they could only see our facial expressions. <laughs> That's the end of our bitching for today. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Bathroom Bitches. In this episode, we rant about the sad state of homelessness in our county and what we can do about it, explaining pussy to an 11-year-old, thank you, homeless man with a sign, misadventures in Nashville, the COVID urine test, and food sensitivities 101. If you want more bitching between episodes, find us at bathrobebitches.com or on social media. On Facebook, we are Bathrobe Bitches, but there's no I in bitches. And because Instagram is less of an asshole, you can find us at Bathrobe Bitches there. See you on the next episode. Bye, Bye for now. now.